Okay, so ready for a double dose? My fellow Sith brothers and sisters, purebloods, cultists, rebel scum, on the run. Good afternoon and welcome to a extra, extra little edition of My Life on Exegol. I wanted to kind of record this separately because it's not necessarily Star Wars related, but I did want to take a few minutes to talk about our Supreme Leader, Adam Driver, and his latest movie, 65, which just came out today. So yours truly, out of obligation and as a card-carrying member of the Adam Driver Wasted Club, I decided after a long day at work that I was going to go ahead and go to the movies. Nine o'clock, which I haven't been to a nine o'clock movie in quite a while. I'd probably... I don't even remember the last movie I went to that late. I know I've been to a couple six, seven o'clocks, but not a nine. So I had enough time when I got off work to shower and change and get something to eat. And even though I told myself that I wasn't going to go ahead and get popcorn or anything, I fucking got popcorn anyway. Got a small one. And so... I had the theater all to myself, supervised, and I went into this movie uh, not really knowing what to expect. I wasn't expecting Jurassic Park quality, but I was expecting better than what I saw. Now, I have Regal Unlimited, so while they're showing the previews, I'm sitting here going, yeah, I have Regal Unlimited, you know, I finally, I have something I can go see a few times, although John Wick comes out in a few weeks, so it's going to be a little bit of a busy month. That one I'll probably go see a few times, but this one, I had... My Empire hoodie and my Stormtrooper camo van shoes on. So, came out to support my fam. Of course, Adam Driver is the hill that I will probably die defending. And this movie just really set me back. When the movie was over... It legit felt like a walk of shame, which I've never done. But now I know what that feels like because that's exactly how I felt walking out of this movie. So let me explain. Before I go any further, if you have any desire to see this movie and do not want me to spoil it for you, you would not hurt my feelings. If you picked back up after you've watched it. And then you will see 
what I see. If you have no desire to see it and don't care and want to just hear me talk about Adam Driver for like 10 or so more minutes, then here we go. So you've been warned. I was a little excited about this movie because Adam Driver had that Ben Swole look to him. I was like, cool, they've dropped Ben Swole into Jurassic Park. And so even talking with my coworkers, there was confusion as to whether or not Adam Driver's character was from the future that crash landed in the past or if he is just in the past altogether. The concept of the movie was really unclear from the trailer, other than that there were dinosaurs in there. And I will point out, especially for younger viewers, there were a few jump scares in there with dinosaurs. So if you have young ones, I don't know. When Adam Driver says this is a family movie, I don't really know depending on how young they are, if I would take them to something like this, because there were a couple times where I was a little surprised. But there was repeated discussion at work the last couple of days since I advertised that I had opening night tickets as to what exactly this movie was about. And even having seen it, to be honest with you, I don't even know if I still really know what the concept of the movie is because it was that rough of a movie. And rough, not in a good way. It really is disappointing to see a movie like this get put out there. Now, being an Adam Driver fan... I can't hold him necessarily accountable for this movie being that bad because he agreed to do it and I understand why he did it. I know his son's into dinosaurs and laser guns and stuff or the based off the interviews he's been doing this past week for the movie. I understand why he did it. But as an Adam Driver fan and a fan of movies, I was really surprised because the movie was very incomplete. Now, the movie was also barely an hour and a half. After 20 minutes or so of the usual preview, the movie's legit an hour and a half. The movie started at 9.30 and it ended at 11. Legit. So the opening sequence of the film, Adam Driver is sitting on a beach with his wife and his daughter talking about how he's got to go do another mission. And this time they're offering him a lot of money. And apparently his daughter is also sick and he hasn't had a chance to tell her that he's got to go away again. And so, Adam Driver leaves. Apparently, he's asleep in the back. They're flying around in space. You've got right into an asteroid belt. 
and shit just starts going wrong. Now, my impression of this was Adam Driver's character, Mills, was the pilot and the people that were in the cryostasis whatever chamber things there was like I think he said it was like 15 of them in there my impression as this asteroid belt was ripping their ship apart was Adam Driver's character was the pilot and the people in these stasis cryo whatever tube things they were the expeditionary force they were the ones his job was to get them there and they were going to explore That's what I thought. So when the ship crash lands on a planet that apparently has dinosaurs and creepy things floating around in water, I found it very hard to believe that this movie was supposed to be something that took place 65 million years ago and hot alien dad Adam Driver was a character that explored whatever. I, I, it didn't make sense to me. So, having this weird identity crisis, he's going back, he keeps taking little tiny walks outside of the ship. He keeps going back inside, doing his radio journal thing, distress signal, whatever. And then first he's like, no survivors, come get me. And Apparently he said something about, I guess he was tasked with taking these people back home. So now I'm confused. Where did these people come from? So, all of a sudden, he, like, deletes his recording, and then he gets back on saying there are no survivors, don't send help, and he goes outside like he's going to take his own life. And then, I guess he hears dinosaur something roaring around outside, and then goes back inside the ship. And realizes that one of the box tube things, one of the sensors starts going off, meaning that somebody survived the crash. And he comes upon this little girl whose name is Cola in the movie. They can't really understand or talk to one another. So obviously there's a language barrier and Adams, once she kind of wakes up or whatever, trying to communicate with her is a challenge. So he's trying to explain to her what exactly is going on. She doesn't know who he is and what he's doing. So he starts drawing pictures on the table about how there's an escape pod in the part of the ship that broke off 15 kilometers away or whatever. And this girl's family is there. He's going to take her home. They get to go home, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
the whole time he has not told the girl that she is the only one that survived the crash. And that, of course, will come to a head later. So they start the trek across this landscape. And I have to admit, the first part of this movie, the, I felt that the dinosaurs were rather sparse. They weren't really ones that I recognized. And then they go down into a cave. They get stuck and separated. They reunite, and then all of a sudden, they're at the ship. No idea what happened, and just, it's, it, it, it's almost as if somebody had the sudden realization that, oh shit, we've got to hurry up and wrap this up, so let's just put them at the ship. That's what it felt like. This whole time... Adam Driver's character realizes that the asteroid belt that destroyed the ship and caused him to crash land was the beginning of a much larger problem. And that is an asteroid taking out the planet that they are presently stranded on. So now it's a race against the clock. Which is exactly what this movie felt like. A race against the clock. They get to the other half of the ship. The girl's looking around the wreckage. You know, looking around. Wanting to know, you know. Doesn't know where her family is. She's calling calling out for her family. And there's nothing. And then she realizes that nobody else is here. Nobody else survived. And that Adam Driver's character lied to her. And then, to make things even more confusing, Adam Driver's character tells her the truth about his daughter and how she was sick and how she died while he was away and he couldn't be there for her. And just how important it is that he gets her home. He's had a dislocated shoulder. He had protruding rib, or part of, I believe that's what it was, where part of his rib was exposed when he crashed, when he first crashed. So he's battling two fairly decent injuries. And he manages to get the girl to the ship. And as soon as they get into the escape pod, ah, the the ship's not the escape pod stuff's not really working because they're not pointed in the right direction. And then these three big looking T Rex things come after them. And I don't know about you, I'm pretty sure we've all here seen Jurassic Park at this point, but I'm fairly certain that one of the lessons we learned from that movie. Was to turn the light off. Adam Driver's character was kind of carrying around this little 
video recorder thing with memories of his daughter and the little girl saves Mills by playing one of the videos of the daughter making the dinosaurs think, you know, to distract the dinosaurs. So the dinosaurs go after the hologram of the daughter instead of Mills. And he manages to do this huge ninja kick and stabbing the final T-Rex looking thing in the eye with this big giant bone. And I think it, it, it gets burned up in, they're kind of in this hot springs or these geyser landscape parts at this point now all of a sudden, which I'm pre- I thought they were, this escape pod was supposed to be up a mountain, like in a wooded open clearing thing. And now all of a sudden they're back down on the ground. And it, like I said, the movie was all over the place. And I honestly don't even know that if you had taken an extra half hour and made the trek across the landscape a little more adventurous and a little bit more believable, I probably, I might have enjoyed it a little better if the movie was two hours long instead of an hour and a half. But to be honest with you, I think an hour and a half, it was too, it it, it just, it was a joke. So I really don't know if the extra half hour would have really done the movie justice. But at least it would have made the payoff getting to the ship. It's like I said, it. They get separated, they get reunited, and then all of a sudden they're at the ship. So it's like, whoa, wait a second. They managed to cover how many miles now? All of a sudden, all of a sudden they're there at the ship. No sense. And I'm fairly certain that a kilometer is at least a mile and a half or 1.6 whatever miles. I'm pretty sure. If they were walking by foot, it would have taken them at least an extra day or close to an extra day to cover that last little bit to get to the ship. But no, please, by all means, let's just put them there. I did my walk of shame. And... I legit just, mm. I got home probably around 11.15, give or take or so, because I didn't waste time when I left the theater, and I just got home, got settled in, and I'm just like, damn, that movie was rough. It it was bad. (laughs) I just... is is I don't even really I'm not even really mad at Adam Driver for it being bad being bad because I think Sam Raimi had a hand in producing it or I don't know I don't remember who the director was but Jesus that movie was so incomplete and had so many plot holes I would much 
any of his other movies that I've seen are better than this one. Even Solo, I consider to be one of my least favorite, actually my least favorite Star Wars film. Solo is an even better movie than this. But the thing of it is, is just like the Mando premiere last week, I went into the movie, I was expecting something, but I also didn't really know what to expect. And now that I've seen it, I'm still going, what the hell did I watch? So, that's my rant about 65. You can take it or leave it. But I wanted to jump on and use my platform to talk about Adam Driver because he does have a connection to Star Wars and the Star Wars universe. And you guys know that I have been riding that bandwagon ever since the sequels. And I just wanted to talk and share my feelings about the movie. Because thankfully enough, I was asked about it by one friend. And yeah, I just wanted to jump on and tell my other friends. Because I'm fairly certain I'm not going to be the only Star Wars fan that goes to see this movie. Because Adam Driver's in it expecting something and feeling like you're walking out with nothing. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. But anyways, my friends, thanks again for listening to me rant for the last 20 or so minutes about Adam Driver and this unbelievably rough movie. Thanks again for joining me as always. And tune in for the next episode where we continue our Knights of the Old Republic review. And as always, may the Force be with you.